Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is September 10th, 2018. And as most of you know, the purpose of the webinar is twofold to introduce the work of triangles to those people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. So if you would like to form a triangle today, uh, you can simply post a message in the chat box. And usually two other people in the webinar will also post a message and join with you. And the second intention behind the webinar is to create a platform for those individuals who are already members of Triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the Triangles network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work is simply the establishing of a line of light, of loving lighted communication between three people who agree to vivify that triangular link every day. Three people linked together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. This triangle is then placed within the planetary network of triangles, and as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and circulate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network and into the consciousness of humanity, touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it is released into the atmosphere. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So as we do each week, let's come together in a moment of silence, and this week we'll follow it by the sounding of the noontime recollection, which you see on your screen. We know, O oh Lord, of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. Thank you. 
If you're not familiar with this noontime recollection, uh, you might want to join with the worldwide group of people who use it each day at 12 o'clock noon, wherever they live in the world, as an aid to the circulation of the energy of love throughout the world. There's an, and there's an interesting story about this mantra given, I believe, in one of the books by Alice Bailey, I believe it might be externalization of the hierarchy. And it was said to be a time during the war when things were looking quite bleak on the planet. And there was an actual meeting of the mem- some of the members of the hierarchy in a conclave And they were wondering collectively as a group what they could do to aid the situation in the world. And so they had a deep, long pause, moment of silence. And then it said, as if with one voice, they sounded this mantra together. And so I think that's a pretty clear indication of its potency and how during dire times in the planet what we need is more love to flow in. So we're working today, as many of you might know, in the aftermath of the Virgo New Moon which occurred yesterday. And this period always provides an auspicious time for us to focus on our planet. For the earth has a similar nature to this most ancient sign. For Virgo is the sign of the mother, and our planet is also known as Mother Earth. It is also the sign of the indwelling divinity and the influx of its energies stimulates the soul of humanity to come alive. And that's what's needed here, is an impulse, a stimulation of our soul. As we observe and study the qualities of this ancient sign, we can catch perhaps a glimpse of some of the deeper aspects of what is unfolding on this planet, which is so closely related, as I said, to this energy. It's an energy that brings in the second aspect, which is the soul. It stimulates during the time when the sun is in Virgo and Pisces, the two opposites, a most powerful influx of, we're told, second-ray energy. And this energy fosters relationship, which is said to be the keynote of our planetary logos, relationship. As we know, there's a tremendous blossoming among many people and groups at this time who are demonstrating an understanding of the fundamental need to support and strengthen the life giver, which is the planet itself, the mother. Many movements and groups are emerging to combat the detrimental effects of climate change and to act in support of ecological protection and the fostering of holistic methods of living and being. 
We who work in support of the Triangles Network are like an inner corollary to these outer movements. Through our work together, we bring about a merging of the subjective reality within the physical etheric matrix, releasing this vital livingness through which the plan can participate. Precipitate, I should have said, but we can also participate in that plan. That which is working out on this little sphere is said to be part of a great experiment. And surely our planet's name reflects in some measure the nature of the purpose and plan seeking expression through the experiment going on on this planet. But while humanity's use of the name Earth stems back to the 15th century, the name has nonetheless always been there, recognized by those who work behind the scenes. The somewhat recent recognition of this name by humanity must surely be a reflection of certain inner unfoldments within the soul of that body that is moving us into closer recognition of the inner purpose which our planet veils. Earth is a humble name, after all. And it does seem that this is a key soul quality that is a particular aspect demonstrating through Earth humanity, humility. Our planet was not named for a god or a goddess, as are all the other spheres in our system. Instead, our name means simply ground or soil, a symbol surely of our potential to provide right conditions for the support and nurturing of life. The soil is created through decomposition, a cooperative process involving all the elements and which results eventually in a rich and fertile substance that sustains life. The breakdown, the process of death and transformation needed to create the soil is surely a metaphor for what is unfolding on this planet, which is sometimes called a planet of releasing sorrow and purifying pain. So surely all of this sorrow and pain that is being expressed through our planet is part of the purificatory process whereby life is provided. Each planet has its particular gift or quality to offer to the greater whole of which it is a part. For each planet is the product of a great stream of living energy. Each planet is a center of focused light within a greater light. In Virgo, the lines of relationship are many, just as is the case on our earth. There are many forces pouring into our world, creating many lines of relationship, coming from many directions, from neighboring planets, distant stars, great lives, and informing constellations. The element earth 
to which our planet is sure related, is the meeting place of air, fire, and sea. Earth is the element that anchors structures to support the vision contained in noble minds. But it is likewise true that sometimes this propensity for form building, for creating, can cause too much complexity that only serves to veil and hide the simplicity of the soul. The dual nature of form building is highlighted in the teachings of Alice Bailey, which points to the fact that when the form life becomes too strong, as has been the case surely on this planet, it leads to warfare, struggle, and to the building of that which must later be destroyed. But as the energy to create forms is lifted to a higher, more subtle level, it leads instead to quality, vibratory radiance, and the revelation upon earth of the world of meaning. <clears throat> In the ancient books, our planet is known as the little daughter of a long-lost son. This phrase brings to light a relationship of profound importance for our planetary life and for all of us who are as brain cells in that life. This relationship is, of course, that between our planet and the great star Sirius, <clears throat> the long-lost sun, the radiant sun of suns. But it seems that the little daughter is no longer lost, but coming instead under the growing sense of relationship to that father star. We know that during the Leo festival, humanity is increasingly establishing a connection with this great star of sensitivity. But some say that Virgo too is deeper related to this star. And this makes sense because of the fact that esoterically, Leo and Virgo are still recognized as one sign, as well as on account of the strong second ray nature of this sign, which relates it to the second ray star Sirius. It's said that for eons of time, Sirius has shown upon the earth the accolade of love, being the great second ray star, as I said, which in a very real sense informs the entire solar system of seven, of which our solar system is one. This seven-tiered solar system is sometimes even called the Syrian system, and this star, Sirius, stands at the hub or central point of that entire system. So really, indeed, it informs not only our planet, but of course our entire solar system, and as I said, this entire system of seven solar systems. This accolade of love from Sirius assures us that no matter what is transpiring within the physical realm of existence during this difficult transition period in which we find ourselves, 
subjectively speaking at least, there is no darkness. There is only light. Our logos and his story of what he has created here is like the story of the prodigal son, for he is known as the divine rebel, who, as he has adjusted that sense of rebellion, is now irrevocably arising and returning to his father. And as he is on his way home, so too are we also following the path of the long journey ahead of us. So we now move into our meditative visualization, working within this great second ray flow of energy. Let's take a moment to link in thought as a soul, as a point of light and love with all those people throughout the world who are also working in triangles and who form part of this subjective group linking. And we align with the energy of the spiritual will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network.
Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. And recognize that soul as finding its place within the heart of the world teacher stands at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love. Visualize light and goodwill 
circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness.
from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. <clears throat> Just a quick reminder that tonight in New York, we'll be holding our Virgo New Moon meeting, and the theme will be Earth Healing. So somewhat similar to the theme today. And so we invite any of you who might be able to participate. That will be at 6 p.m. New York time. So now we open up the webinar to, to you to any of you who would like to share any thoughts you have on the theme or perhaps on any other topics related to it. Uh, we would like to hear from you. And you can do that either by clicking on your name and that will enable us to call on you and unmute your microphone and you can share audibly or you can um, post a comment in the chat box. Um, Carla writes, 
Could you expand more fully on the comment you made in your talk about our Logos being a rebel and him working his way back home to the Father? Well, that idea obviously comes from the Tibetan. It's not an idea. It's how he is known. Our, our particular Logos is known as the divine rebel. And there's a beautiful story about it that I believe I have uh, shared on the webinars prior to this, but it's a story that somewhat illustrates his rebellious nature. Um, when he was first uh, brought to this planet, made a decision to come to this planet to inform it, um, inform it with his life, um, he arrived here in whatever way that happens, um, subjectively and in other ways, and I guess had a change of heart. That's what we're told in a passage from the old commentary. Had a change of heart, probably had a prevision to what was going to eventually unfold on this planet, and decided that it was not to his liking. He said he, he sought light, he sought scope to serve the plan, and here he found no light, found only darkness, and a great weight descended on him. And so we're told he returned to the one who sent him forth, the throne on high, and asked for permission to return. As I said, he, he didn't seek this, which he had undertaken. He changed his mind, and the great being on the throne didn't even look at him. In fact, gave no notice to his complaining, <laughs> if you can think of things in that literal of sense, in terms of these great lives who are so far superior to our own that we're like a little grain of sand, or much less in comparison. But nonetheless, there was no reaction. There was no response from his uh, great teacher. And then it said, out of the darkness, he heard the voices and the pleading from those who were suffering here on earth, the little lives that were ourselves, really. Um, he heard our cries, and we, we said, we seek the light. Please stay, in other words. And so he did, thankful for us, thankful we should be for his sacrifice. And, but it said, but he liked it not. So that's a little bit of the reason, one of the reasons why he's a rebel. And I just said that, all rebels are really those who are wandering in the far country, sort of forsaking their divine heritage until that time that they accept their dharma and put themselves under control of those higher forces that bring them back. And so the father that he's eventually seeking, and we're told that most of earth humanity will eventually find its way back to, is that great star serious? So, that's probably much too long 
a response. Um, Christina says, thank you and for grounding and inspiring us with this beautiful sacrificial symbol of earth. Yeah, as Christina points out, this is the symbol of our planet and we can learn a lot, not only from pondering the name as I tried to illustrate in my remarks, but also and perhaps more so by pondering the symbol. And it's very similar. And as Christina says, it's, sacri it's a sacrificial symbol because she probably also knows that the symbol is very similar to the symbol for what's called the fixed cross. You know, the cross that is termed the crucified Christ. So in a certain sense, our planet is a symbol of that cross which transforms through releasing sorrow and pain. Um, it's not an easy experience um, being part of this planetary life in comparison to most of the other planets in our system. We're told this is this planet and only two others, Saturn and Mars, are qualified by this suffering and pain. Why that is? <clears throat> well, I think one reason might be because um, it's needed for what we're developing, what we're being asked to develop here, which is some kind of accelerated spiritual development because we're the only three planets that are having instituted this type of planetary initiatory process, the process of initiation, which puts us on an accelerated path if we so choose. Um, and so anything that's accelerated brings in um, energies before we're really often ready to handle them, hence the release of Shambhala energy at this time, stimulating human consciousness to a touch of the divine will and uh, an, an aspect of energy that many people are not ready for, hence the pain, suffering. Okay. Um, Diane writes, our planet is in the throes of the events of transformation. If we can raise our consciousness to the higher level of love and light, instead of focusing on the lower level of the world of manifestation, we can help ourselves and our fellow men through radiating the light of understanding, knowing that the energy of love is working everything out for the greater good of humanity and the planet. Yes, thank you so much, Diane. That's a beautiful comment. Um, Thank you, Ginny. Tomas says, thank you so much. Both your talk and additional comments are inspiring and valuable. Well, thank you, Tomas. So it's very stimulating and powerful to be around you, your presence whenever you're with us in person here in New York. 
Jesse writes, it's so very hard to love those that create pain for themselves and for each or any of us. But that is exactly what we must learn to do. Heard this during the meditation. Thank you. Yeah, I guess if we consider the, the love that pours forth from those who serve from higher levels of consciousness, we know that um, the Buddha, for example, has sacrificed his intended path, um, which would take him away from planet Earth because he loved humanity so much. So he stayed with us these thousands of years past what his uh, higher intention was, um, simply out of love for humanity, collective love. Thank you, Roswitha and Mary. Um, Linda asked if I'll post the talk here. I can't post it here um, because I don't have it with me right now prepared to do that. But as we always mention, and I hope you all can take advantage of it because it's simple to just go onto the triangles.org page and find the Triangles blog. There's a couple of links to it right on the homepage there. And the talk should be posted there within the next few days or so. And it's posted even more quickly on the Triangles Meditation Group Facebook page. So check those out. Um, if anyone wants to raise their hand, there's room if you'd like to do that. Uh, here's Michael's giving you the link for the blog. So you can click on that. And again, the Triangles uh, Meditation Group on Facebook is simply called that. There's a couple of different Triangles Facebook pages, but this one, our page is Triangles Meditation Group. And you can invite, invite your friends to join. Um, good question, Greg. When we accomplish our goal, what happens exactly? Well, it depends um, surely on what goal you're talking about. Um, I would think that the goal of the triangle's work, which we're here involved with, is to contribute our small part in helping to make the planet sacred, which we're told has happened on some level, and subjective realms. Our planet is said to already be sacred, surrounded by a network of triangles um, on some level. But our task as members of triangles is to externalize that inner sacredness by building this web of lighted energy. So that's our immediate goal, I think, is to strengthen, support, and help to enlarge the Triangles Network. And how we do that more effectively than we're already doing so that more people can be made aware of Triangles is probably up to you, um, all of you, spreading the word, um, sharing posts on the Triangles 
meditation group Facebook page, sharing links um, about the work of triangles. But more importantly, I suppose, the work that we all do each day in visualizing the network and linking with our triangles partners and with all of us together as one vast network. I think that's really the best thing we can do. So that's our goal, I assume. And Michael, thank you for also posting the link here in the chat box to the Triangles Meditation Group. Okay, Sharon writes that I'm interested in forming a triangle group and seeking two other partners. So if you are, um, anybody here today is interested in forming a triangle, and as you may know, um, many of us have quite a few triangles. You don't, you're not limited to one or two. So anyone who would like to extend the radius of their triangles network or their triangles group and would like to form a triangle with Sharon, please post your name here. And if we don't get anyone, Sharon, you could go to the Triangles Meditation Group, or you could join in and make a comment a little bit earlier in next week's webinar. And I'm sure you will find two partners then. All right. Uh, okay. Sue Galloway would like to form with Sharon. She lives in the UK. I don't know if Sharon lives in the US, but if there's anyone on the line who lives, yeah, anyone on the line who happens to live in Russia, that would be great to form a triangle with the third point being in Russia, but I know that's perhaps not so easily done. We don't always have that many Russian participants, but because um, the Tibetan does say that it's really important to link these three countries um, in order to bring in the new age. So while someone else is thinking about joining a triangle, before we close, I just wanted to read a beautiful comment that one triangles person sent in a couple of weeks ago. She said, I wanted to report a vision that one of my friends in the Triangles work had. On October 3rd, during the daily meditation, my partner connected to a place where she could see the earth as from above. She saw several other planets which are surrounding it and moving anti-clockwise. Then the earth transformed to a flaming star like the sun and radiated lots of energy and light so that she couldn't even look at it anymore. That's why she thought it was the sun. So it's a beautiful image and it's true in a way that um, our planet is surrounded by specifically two other planets who are in a way, symbolically moving in an anti-clockwise direction, and those are Mercury and Venus, because both of them, we're told, stand as little suns to our, to our Earth, shedding light and love on our planet. Okay, Nathaniel will join. It's the third point of that triangle. Great. So happy about that. All right. 
So now that we have our third triangle partner, let's just take a moment of silence so that we can link up with all triangles workers throughout the world. All right, thank you so much, and we look forward to working with you again soon.